0: Whopper,
1: whopper, whopper, whopper. Hey guys, welcome <laughs> to the Strickland's Mailbag Podcast. This is the Patreon edition. I'm Drew. Dallas is here. What up, whoop, Dallas? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. That's great to hear. So guys, <laughs> what you're listening to right now, at this very moment, on whatever podcasting thing you get your a podcast from, it could be, I don't know. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon, wherever you get this from, you're listening right now to it from there. Lightwire. Line... <laughs> 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 yeah, Dapster. this is this is the f- this is the f- preview. This is the free edition. So, if you want to listen to the, the free entire...
0: view, the free view, the
1: free view, and if you want to listen to the entire episode, which ranges anywhere between one to three
2: hours,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you should sign with the Strickland's Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com backslash the Strickland, you can check out all the different tiers to listen to this podcast, to listen to, I think it's the Friday edition of Pod Strickland. Uh, I think she solo cast that he still hasn't had either of us on for some reason you're really yeah.
0: still on this right now
1: <laughs> well what i'm saying is if you want the full, <laughs> if i'm saying if you want the full version of this and all the other podcasts that we're providing and then also getting access to the discord which is definitely a significantly better place to discuss basketball than twitter reddit instagram comments Wherever it is, it brings the chat room back to like the childhood, right? Like it's because chat rooms are, we're always better than like these ambiguous, anonymous tweets, Reddit threads or whatever. Like there's actual personality, (laughs) right? Like you could actually extend a little more empathy to the person you're speaking with (laughs) and actually have conversations. So join a Discord You'll have a lot more fun. We have not just bas- not just Knicks talk, ba- all basketball talk. Apparently there's stuff on football, baseball, gambling. Food. Food. Movies. Anything you want to talk about. Nerd talk. Nerd talk. I'm in none of these. <laughs> <laughs> but it is available if that's something you're interested in. So check out patreon.com backslash the Strickland or you can go to the strict dot land and look at the banner and click on there for the patreon also i believe i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but it's okay we don't have any sort of oversight here we do plan on potentially getting some updated merch so keep your eyes and ears out for a more official statement than me just speculating <laughs> so definitely go again I- some of this merch is really fucking fire too. It's it's but, pretty good. So, with def- again, go to the strictland, check out the merch, buy some. It's a great it's a great Valentine's Day present. That's coming around <laughs> the corner. Um, it's a great President's Day gift. It's a great great, pres-
0: I- great President's Day gift. It's a
1: great Ides of March. Actually, the uh the Strickland's
0: uh Joe Biden line. Yes,
1: we have a great line of <laughs> joe biden inspired merch. leather so jackets check it out aviator glasses a <laughs> 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 little like pilot wings on the uh yep. On the jacket. yep and uh, then a, and there's a giant eagle in the back of this leather jacket that says uh the president's flight club
0: we have a uh, uh yeah american flag and uh lapels. <laughs> strickland <laughs> lapels that you put together um mm-hmm. uh, we have on the back of the leather jacket. It said "It's a you can be a part of." We're all getting really old, so you can be a part of our motorcycle club. We call ourselves the Sons of Arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really cool gang.
1: Yeah, we don't ride motorcycles; we ride Vespas.
0: That's very true. Yep.
1: So Absolutely. check that. All, so check it all out. So now we're we're going to get to some questions. We have so many questions i mean all of them wonderful i've looked at none of them and i'm certain they're great pages and pages (laughs) of questions and we're going to answer every single one of them that was posted on january 30th 2023 if you ask
0: go ahead can i start with asking you a question sure you mentioned both valentine's day and president's day so Mm -hmm. what are you getting the love of your life for president's day
1: for presidency, <laughs> <day.
0: laughs> I for,
1: am going I to. I'm, you. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get her a copy of the Constitution. Yeah, the the pocket of your favorite Founding Father. Yes, which is obviously um, Aaron Burr. Oh, oh really, Aaron Burr? Why? I Aaron just, Burr? Well, I, I'm not gonna say Alexander Hamilton because that's mm. just lame. So I took his rival. Mm. Okay. There you go. So, who, like, who's better? Like, I mean, Jeffer- Jefferson was, was kind of cool in like a being a terrible person way. I mean, like, sure, but he also wanted turkeys to be the the bird of America. <laughs> turkeys, that's like being that's super, a pretty, cool. It's a lame bird to have us like the bird.
0: Yeah, that is a really terrible decision.
1: Like, all these like really cool. He also
0: was like just like in the middle of the war, just like left. He's like, I'm. See you guys in a little while. Uh, I'm just gonna leave for a little bit. That's kind of a badass move. And he, did he also like, did like, you invented know, electricity. Philadelphia makes sense. That's nice. Um, like it's nice, <laughs> nice squares. Yeah, electricity is pretty cool. Um, that's a good thing. Uh, glasses, up? glasses.
1: Bifocals? No, it's not bifocals. It's different than glasses. Well, you know,
0: it's still well, pretty. No, cool. th- no, it's different. Old people should be allowed to read. Mm. (laughs) that's debatable anyways also really cool cool hairstyles for ben franklin you know definitely one of the sexiest
1: founding fathers oh yeah definitely if definitely like um for bigger like people who look like danny devito (laughs) yep spreading spreading freedom and chlamydia
0: that's like ben franklin's in honestly that's the american way let's be honest (laughs) freedom and
1: chlamydia the american dream
0: yeah yep That's what the FCC stands for, right? The Freedom and Freedom. Chlamydia Corporation? Council. Council? Council.
1: <laughs> Council? Yes, exactly. That's the FCC.
0: Yep. Love it. And they're
1: definitely going to censor this. Mm-hmm. They listen to all of our pods. They listen to every single one. I do find what's interesting about like something like this, it's definitely going out into a void. And it's kind of interesting, like, Picture how many podcasts are actually out in the void that we have no idea about and they just exist. How many, how many, um, uh, uh, shock jock uh, podcasts are are out there being (laughs) constantly, constantly recorded. I don't, I'm pretty sure these don't admit any sort of like frequencies, right? You can see we're real spark here. For i don't 30, know about podcasts. right know. so it would just be really funny if they emit some sort of like radio frequency and it's out in space and the aliens are just you know hovering around the galaxies checking things out and they hear shock jock
0: <laughs> i hope that's i hope if we ever send like a the next time i'm we've probably already done this right i think we did but like if we send a capsule to space like in case like some other life finds it that's what yeah, I we, want. yeah,
1: we, we did I want that already.
0: That. <laughs> you open it and it's just a recording of like episode yeah, we, 349. Yeah, we we
1: did that already. We did that back in the uh, the 70s. Congratulations. Well,
0: let's try it again. You never know.
1: Space is just, big, you want to send them in different Just keep directions. sending stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could do that. So let's get to our actual questions <laughs> on this uh, on this mailbag. Our first one is from Duder Adam. Way, way, way too early off-season predictions. Which current, when full strength, uh, of our rotation players are not on the Knicks at training camp 2023-2024? Current players? Current rotation mm-hmm. players? Who is not going to be on the roster next season for on training camp? In Westchester. <laughs> uh, Deuce McBride. Oh, I was going to say Obi. Yeah, Obi. Uh, that's a good one. It's going to be Obi. I mean... Deuce and Obi, yeah. Yeah, those are the two. They're they they're not going to be on the team.
0: Could be Hart. He could, you know, I could imagine that. Possibly.
1: But I... The Knicks
0: run off a bunch of wins, like, without Mitch. You could imagine him getting moved or something like that. I don't know. Yeah,
1: we'll, uh, we'll definitely see. I just think the Knicks are going to have... Because they're going to have to choose between obi and quickly in terms of like paying them Uh because they're coming up to be free agents the knicks are obviously going to choose emmanuel quickly like they they really can't or shouldn't let him go so they're probably gonna trade obi for something yep and i wouldn't be surprised if deuce is like filler in any sort of trade as well so those would be my guesses do you have any hot takes do you think it'll be like rj no, I just don't
0: think that there's going to be I mean you never know. The NBA is really unpredictable. Maybe some star asks out um in which case that's a possibility. Um mm-hmm. but uh if otherwise no, I don't I don't think there'll be any major shakeups with like the core rotation right now. Um I think it's pretty unlikely. Um but what's really important for me to note is <laughs> I've been um looking to see what we uh Sent to space. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so, we sent uh, some records. And on, well, on these records, there were music, greetings, and sounds from Earth. And the sounds from Earth included a whale song. Mm-hmm. Just whales. Uh, mm-hmm. Chimpanzee screeches. Um, Beethoven and... Chuck Berry.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this so this is specifically I actually forget the name of it. It is I believe it's the, the Voyager. It is yeah, the yeah. it is the antagonist, well I should guess the antagonist of Star Trek the Motion Picture. Oh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that. And uh, not nah. And what this is, this record that you're talking about, it's like a gold plated yeah. entity that is way too, so it's able to like i guess something about gold is able to transmit or like be able to be a better rec- receiver than other things and they have all these different things that they had they had rock and roll and all that stuff it's pretty cool i i think it's pretty cool in case anyone comes up we definitely should update it um maybe not have chuck berry you should probably have like i don't know like david bowie or someone Probably, probably makes a little more <laughs> makes a little more sense but um yeah, it's super cool. It's floating around somewhere. I have no idea where it is now. But yeah, so like anyone can, you know, intercept it. And there you go. It's like Earth.
0: Apparently in the early 19th century, an Austrian astronomer, uh, Joseph Johann von Littro, proposed that humans dig trenches configured in vast geometric patterns in the Sahara Desert, fill them with kerosene and light them ablaze, as a clear message to alien civilizations living elsewhere in the solar system that we are here.
1: <laughs> I like the way this guy's thinking. <laughs> oh, I that, just, that's I just, amazing. just the idea of just, we're going to send a bunch of people to dig in the desert <laughs> <laughs> for years. We're just going to like huge, we're setting the whole yes. freaking desert on fire. We're going to fill it with
0: kerosene. And literally our message is only we are here. There's nothing, nothing else. It's not even, like, skywriting or something or, like, no, it's just, nothing. just lighting it on fire. Oh, man. And I like the idea that, like, if you could see, like, you couldn't see Earth from space, but you could see this fire.
1: Yes, of course. Because <laughs> everyone knows smoke travels well into the, the, uh, the vacuum of space. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just smoke signals.
0: But, like, you, if you, the Earth, it's,
1: anyways, it's pretty fucking big. Um, probably easier to see from space than a fire on the Earth. You're going to run into... Now we're, now we're completely off script. You're going to run into... We don't have a script here. Yeah, that's true. We actually don't have a script. There needs to be some sort of like some sort of signal that like life is there because like you could just look at Earth and I, I guess if you're advanced enough as a living entity you would recognize certain specific chemicals allow life to grow. So maybe you could just look at earth from afar and just be like,
2: but it's not people- clear
1: that
0: like, you know what? Like the things people always talk about. It's like water being necessary for life. Um But there's some like weird stuff people have been finding lately. And like, it's just, it's just not clear to me that like, that's the only possible way that life could have evolved. Um Yeah. Look at us. consciousness, you know,
1: multiple, multiple realizability, baby. I like that. We're just rambling. We have no idea what we're talking about. and We have like, what, maybe like a total, of like five or six degrees between the two of us. <laughs> and we sound like complete idiots. Yeah, total idiots.
2: <laughs>
1: I just love it. <laughs> Kids, if you're listening, don't
0: go to college. This, this should be what is sent to space to the aliens.
1: Oh yes, this should, this should be it. Yep. All right, Question number two is from ZMP three two three Company Man Hater. How many Knicks currently on the roster do you think are better than OG and Adobe? See, so, I like how he's representing
0: MP threes still.
1: Yes, I love it. So MP three. <laughs> so, if you guys have been living under a rock with the Knicks news or basketball news, OG and Adobe, the, basically the report from like. Was it like Ian Bagley back in like November? (laughs) Uh, It was some whatever it is. Like this report has been surfacing for the past couple months. It was probably Scoopy. If Scoopy, he got the scoop on it. (laughs) Where the Knicks have been tied to OG and Anobi. So of course, everywhere where Knicks fans are, they're talking about like OG and Anobi. You have Raptors fans, NBA Twitter, people just always talking about it and whatnot. There's I think I saw was it I think that was shared in the the Discords. Uh, Raptors fan offered was like a fair trade for OG would be three first round picks. One of them protected Emmanuel quickly cam reddish. <laughs> and I forget like OB Toppin. And it's like, um, no, every
0: <laughs> fan base has their, you know, I will, so I won't name names from Nick's Twitter, I guess, as they might be listening, but every fan base has their, uh, slightly off kilter trade, uh, trade suggestion. Oh
1: totally it's grade. yeah it's probably the most consistent characteristic of the fandom yeah right cuz you're watching pretty much only your team you're watching other teams through the lens of only your team unless you're a complete nba psycho who manages to watch like every single game of like every single team Somehow, it's an absurd amount of basketball yeah like it's an insane amount so if you can do it and you have that ability congratulations but we're all mostly in our echo chamber, and we overrate so many of our own guys. Pretty much how Raptors fans are very much so overrating OG and Anobi. But with that said, he would be what? Like maybe like it's... the fifth best Nick? Like he would be one of the top five guys, I would think, maybe.
0: Uh, yeah, Let me let me go through that, and I'll think about it. But We also, uh, we also need don't...
1: to consider Roland stuff as well, too
0: yeah um there so if you watched every nba game you would have 82 days of straight footage straight watching a year
1: 82 days oh you calculate like the game length and then the number How many, of games and everything yeah yeah 82 like, straight days that's a lot of time that's a lot of
0: time that's uh like your yearly uh skyrim uh play
1: that's my skyrim play I've, <laughs> I've been branching off into other games I've been, playing Fall- I've been playing fallout do i even know you i know
2: crazy I, like
1: look i already i've been playing skyrim for so long and i already did another playthrough i already have my character up to like level 45 like it, it's insane <laughs> i have like dragon male armor i'm i'm ready to go i'm yeah. ready i'm ready to start killing dragons
0: yeah all right, so let's let's do this. So is OG better than Randall? No. Is OG no. better than Brunson? No. Is no. OG better than Quickly? No. Is no. OG better than RJ?
1: That depends. I was going to say that depends on role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think once you start getting to the RJ Grimes tier, um, like in that area, um, which I think RJ is above Grimes in my opinion. Uh, I would both, agree. Both now and projection-wise, um, I think I, I think I st- I'm still there. Um, uh, that's where I think OG is somewhere within somewhere in that range. Um, which maybe depending on what you think about, like you know, like I could see a case for Mitch being above OG, but I could also see people arguing that like when it comes to like playoff impact, you might expect OG to be a little bit more impactful. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, uh, people, you know, drop fives can still be impactful in um, in the playoffs. Uh, you just have to be really good at it. Like, um, we'll, so, I mean, I don't know. I think the book is open on how impactful Mitch can be in, in the playoffs. But I could definitely see a case for OG being above Mitch, um, Grimes, and even RJ. Uh,
1: but, yeah. I w- The RJ one is interesting because you're – Ultimately, it's this is where I. It would be a if you shrink RJ's usage down to OGs. They think they have different usage. I'm gonna double check while I'm saying this to see if there's how much of a di- how you, much of a difference. You talk, I'll look it up. Okay, so I was gonna look it up. So like, if you sh- take down RJ's usage, right? Like the idea of like how he's using the offense, and you pretty much stick him in the corner. Right? Would RJ's efficiency improved? Improve. That's that's a debatable question. Then you would have to take the flip side also where if you increase OG's usage, is he gonna be as efficient as like a catch and shoot guy? Because OG is basically like a quint like a quintessential like catch and shoot three and D type way. Right? He plays versatile defense, He's- Yeah, he has a little bit of he has oh. a little bit of um He can put it on the deck a little, no. yeah. So like he's also capable, kind of like how like Grimes is capable of like a pump fake and a drive to the rim. Yeah, like he could do that. Like he's not just like he's not like a Bruce Bowen, right? Like he's OG definitely something. has.
0: He's got a little like post up fade away package too. It's not great, but
1: yeah, uh, he yeah. It's definitely more versatility. So it all. So the question is like, if you up OG's usage. Does his efficiency drop? So OG's usage you... is 20%, twenty
0: percent, twenty point five percent,
1: and RJ's is twenty five. Yeah. So, like, what happens if OG has more responsibility in the offense? Is that going to translate? I I don't know. That's and I think that's where role the thing comes is like with these like especially you don't know, with like Grimes and RJ and like you start shifting roles. What does that project to? And I I don't know.
0: Yeah, the thing is, I mean, I think if like, uh, I mean, I think you're, that's the right sort of thing to ask. Actually, I should have said RJ's is basically 26. It's 25.9. Um, okay, and it's, okay. it's lower than it was last year, by the way. Presumably, Brunson explains a lot of that. Um, but um, I would think that like if OG is here, like there's some reasonable likelihood. I mean, I don't, I, who knows who would lose the starting job, RJ or Grimes? Um, but he's likely going to be just placed in the corner and be like, you know, yes. uh, he's going to be a three and D kind of guy. That's how Tibbs would use him, I'd guess. Um, so yeah, I don't see his usage getting scaled up, but yeah, I think, I think that's the right sort of thing. And like long-term, I don't know, you know, like on the one hand, so like the reason why I th- I think I would give the edge to OG right now is just like, he's definitively a good defender. Um, yes. You can't say that about RJ. And uh, RJ, RJ's, RJ. Been,
1: RJ's been so rough on defense this year. It's really upsetting. He's, he's done so much better on offense with like decision making and stuff, even though he's still, he's still, yeah. he still needs to prove it's better than last year.
0: Uh, he's scoring better. I don't know that his decision making is a lot better. In my he's,
1: view. He's not. He's still forcing up shots, but he's not forcing up as many shots as he used to. So to me, that's improvement.
0: I don't even know if that's... I don't know that that's true. But anyways, um, yeah. We're going we're to we're go to the tape and find out. Go to the tape? We're going to go to the tape. Let's, on this podcast, while we're... Let's just watch every R.J.
1: Barrett shot from his
0: last four years.
1: Well, no, it's not... If you watch every single shot, it's not going to show any sort of passing out because it's only going to what You're only going to watch the shot. All
0: right, so let's watch every single game R.J. Barrett has played. <laughs> Every <laughs> possession you touch the ball. Last Every possession yeah, let's do it. Uh <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I mean I think OG is definitely I think OG's better than RJ right now. Long term, I still think the RJ upside is tantalizing, but I do like I mean OG's size, you know, uh it's that's it's a real thing when you start getting into the playoffs. Um bigger wings are incredibly valuable. Um Yeah, so
1: I don't know. So we're going to continue this OG conversation with our next question from Franklin Chubb. Do you think a small ball lineup of Randall, OG, Grimes, IQ, and Brunson would be a thing of power and beauty? Yes. Right. So like when you bring in someone like OG, who I personally think what would make more sense is for him to come off the bench because it balances lineups much better now would he actually come off the bench in this sort of shirt? like that's a whole different i think discussion but if you're talking about just like fit and flexibility you already have Tibbs basically running a six-man rotation right like you already have that going on if you cut some of the starters minutes and basically give all of Obie's and mcbride's minutes to og you can have so much more flexibility with lineups and you would get something like this where that is a fantastic well, besides Brunson, but Brunson is really good at active defense. Yeah. So like so like you have four what absolute plus defenders on the court. They all can switch, they all can play off the ball. Like you it's so versatile and tantalized. Like so, that's what you want. Like you want that option, especially yeah. in the playoffs when you need different lineups and different yeah. matchups.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I would. Um, I, I mean, I think that lineup looks actually a little bit better if you remove Brunson and replace him with RJ, because then you have Especially literally, you just have five switchable guys. Um, yes. I Like IQ, Grimes, RJ, OG, Randall is a it's long, big, mean switchable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I mean that's pretty sweet. And especially, especially if RJ is engaged, yeah. And then there's a lot to like there offensively. I think um, so,
1: so yeah. much more, like so much flexibility, so much drive and kick,
2: open, yeah, the, like the
1: real, shoot, like it's there. It's all there on offense too. The real problem is
0: like even with our current guys, um, we can do this sort of stuff. I just think uh, Tibbs really um, values scoring. <laughs> And not moving the ball. He's a score first, pass second coach. And that's what he wants his guys to do. Yes. Um, And the way that you really maximize small ball lineups is running and uh, a ton of ball movement, player movement, and passing. And you use your speed and skill advantage to overwhelm opposing defenses. Like, if... Like with Tibbs, what would happen is you would run these small ball lineups and he would still do the your turn, my turn offense where each, whoever just like runs the pick and roll or the isolation or whatever, shoots. uh, That's their first option. And you're not really gaining an advantage from having all that extra speed and skill um, on the court when you do that. You might as well just have play big um, in that case uh, because you're getting the exact same shot no matter what. Um, If you want to get the advantage get the advantage from that lineup, you just have to move the ball and you have to move everybody and you have to actually utilize your speed and skill advantage. Um, so I just, I don't think Tibbs would ever do it, but, or at least not do it well um, uh, on offense at least, but uh, yeah, on defense, it would be sweet.
1: It'd be sick. I look if OG and Anobi like really is available and the Knicks could use their protected first that they got in that OKC trade, Yep. at draft and throw an Obi since he's not being used right like if that's what you if, like if you can get like OG for that shirt it's an overpay with first round picks but they're kind of protected and you get a guy who can basically can fill in any spot and also if you consider like a star trade right so let's say theoretically Devin Booker right becomes available yep like right? hypothetically you can basically throw Phoenix, the Donovan Mitchell offer in some sort of capacity, right?
0: Sorry. RJ,
1: IQ, whatever, like in the picks, whatever the you know specifics are. So then you have your starting shooting guard and Devin Booker, and you have your wing starting in OG and an Let's say it's I've, hypothetically, Nikola Jokic decides that he's done. <laughs> he's done in Denver. You know, New York could be like, here's Randall. Here's Mitch. Here's some picks. Oh, now you have OG as your four, right? Like he just kind of fits. Yep.
0: Uh, yeah. No I matter trust, what. I tr- so I trust our drafting a lot. Um, I think we have really great reason to do so. But I still think like flipping two protected firsts, especially if they're the worst, the the worst of the two protected firsts um, for OG, is not a terrible move. Um, value wise, just because it's tough to bet on uh, late first or multiple seconds turning into a guy as good as OG. And OG is a guy which I have pretty high confidence will turn out to be um, you know, good in the playoffs uh, consistently and can be a high level performer um, on very, very, very good teams um, just because his role of his size and his role, uh, which is not super complicated. Um, and yeah, then it does give you, it gives you the ability to make other moves down the line. I think there's a lot of reasons to like the move. Um, but I just, in terms
1: of unprotected picks, nope, not, not no. going to touch them. Not even one. Um, well, no, you can't because he's going to be a free agent. I think not next off season, but the off season after, cause he has a player option.
0: Yeah. So, and like- I, so that's a big, that's actually a big concern. I, I'm not a cap person, but I would be worried about like, um, does bringing him in, put you in a bad position in terms of like extending IQ for example um or and I just don't know the cap stuff um but I would be uh I would look less favorably on the deal if it was going to put put a crimp in your plans for extending it, quickly So
1: I don't think it should because you'll have his bird right so that means you can go over the cap if you shed some extra like if you shed like Fournier. Right. And if Obi's going in the deal, you don't need to worry about his extension. If you're trading 48 at some point, you get that like 17, 18 million off the cap. Derek Rose, same sort of like same sort of idea. So like there will be money for IQ. The one thing would be like, that's that's your team unless you make the star trade. Right. And I mean, you'd still
0: be planning on making this.
1: this yes. I, I think the real hiccup is ultimately I just think he fits he balances the lineup and rotations, especially how Tibbs does his specific rotation, like how this team functions. He makes more sense off the bench coming off as basically like, he's going to play all the non RJ and Randall minutes, right? Like it just makes sense that way. Like, sure. He's going to, you know, Tibbs will still do, he Tibbs gets to do his 15 minute stretches (laughs) where, where guys can get in, but he'll have basically seven starters. Right, like IQ comes off the bench, OG comes off the bench. You can save your starters in the regular season, cut their minutes a little bit, let those like let go guys play. It again, okay, this is more of like pie in the sky hypothetical that probably only works in two K, but I still I still give it a shot because then tips does tips must do his rotations in two K. Like there's I I don't understand anything he does, but it it makes sense now. I think the issue would be they would bench Grimes probably. Right. Like if it actually, and um, then, yep. and then I think that throws the whole, Although, throws who everything
0: out because like Tibbs is fucking weird when it comes to like mid season stuff. Like he doesn't like changing things up. That's like, like I would not, a lot of people want to tr- go trade for different guys. I don't see a lot of value in trading for guys. Um, mid season with Tibbs as the head coach. Um, <laughs> One reason is like, look, he's not going to play guys unless if they're like young, like if you're going to trade for, you know, any young player who's like promising looks good, whatever looks decent or maybe whatever. He's not giving them a chance midseason, Just not. Um,
1: unless they were best, doing it previously in their other team.
0: Even then, uh, unless there's like an injury, um, he's going to not, he's not, he's just not trying to get guys into the lineup. Um, The way he's going to play somebody is if they're a vet, they've been around for a while and they've shown like production, but then you have the concern that he's just going to play them over one of our young guys and then reduce quickly to Grimes' minutes or something like that. And then you better be pretty sure that like what you're gaining by bringing in that guy uh, is actually going to be worth it. Not just now, but like long-term because like, you know, we're not, if we're if we're being realistic right like we're not winning shit this year like we're not no. winning the championship so like really uh there's value in making the playoffs there's value in that sort of stuff but like we should be building for the long term and like i don't i don't know i can't read tib's mind but like uh a nightmare scenario is bringing in like some random guy like eric gordon who then Tibbs decides to play over grimes and grimes right. and quickly's minutes go down and hardly play, and then we make the play in, and then Eric Gordon retires, and it's like, what the fuck, did that get us at all, right? Like it just, we just like wasted minutes on uh, 2023 Jarrett Jack or whatever. Like that's mm-hmm. like essentially what happens, um, uh, and then lost time for our younger guys who should be developing and should be, uh, you know, who it's really meaningful if we make the playoffs on their backs um in order to make it on some like mercenary who's like heading out so like um you know and I'm not saying it like that's what would happen with Eric Gordon I don't I don't have a clue but like that is a concern I have and I'm just like because of that I'm not super interested in like bringing in most guys but I do think OG is the sort of guy who is like young could be a long-term piece and there's an obvious like it's very easy to see The sort of value he could have uh, on a playoff team. Totally. But actually, let me me take a look real quick at. So he did, he has had over the last, uh, when he's been in the playoffs.
1: um, Riveting right now. Riveting. Dallas is reading the internet.
0: He actually has great, uh, a great, his playoff true shooting percentage is way better than his regular season one. So so far at least, which it's only uh a sample size of twenty eight games
1: um twenty seven games I mean excuse me. I mean that's for playoff stuff, it's not too bad,
0: yeah, but he's has a a sixty point five um true shooting percentage in the playoffs, which his regular season true shooting percentage is fifty seven for his career, so um not too many guys have a bump now let's his scoring. Uh, in the playoffs is
1: roughly the same as his regular season scoring. So, yeah. Okay, we talked about OG way too much. So, we're going to get to Franklin's next question. Apart from the 90s, which season or Knicks era would you have liked to have been podcasting during? <laughs> would you have liked or hated covering some of the Isaiah Thomas era? So, here's the thing. That's where I would want to start. Because that is the very very beginnings of podcasting right like that's where like that era that mid to late 2000s that's where like people were experimenting and we would basically be like the next bill simmons if we started covering the isaiah era the that's next morally like, bankrupt uh white yeah, house yes exactly party. yeah exactly <laughs> like that like we would be We'd be swimming in podcast money With if no we talent. started. <laughs> Bill,
0: <laughs> Bill Simmons is a terrible, no talent asshole of a person. I don't want. Okay. I don't want to be the Bill Simmons, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Look, man, Spotify paid him how much money? Not, not worth being a terrible person for. And also, has, oh, again no talent. Okay, but no if talent. Spotify is going to pay us, Bill his Simmons big innovation money. was like to just be like. What if what if uh
1: what if basketball like popular movie what if your Bill Simmons impression is spot on. I know, right? That was like
0: literally it. That's all he and that's he's never done anything besides that. And then well, except also, what if basketball team was like hot woman? Like that's that's the extent of his like that's hit that's Bill Simmons. Like it's just sexism and it's no creativity and it's just like how can i just compare these two things like let me say the th- ways that they are similar kind of sort of it's like the plot of x movie is kind of like how the basketball <laughs> game kind of went kind of you're like wow what an innovation This is like people talk about him like he's like the greatest writer of all time or something he's like like it's dri it literally is drivel it's like drivel he's a terrible writer It's not interesting. Uh, Like, like you want to read good basketball? This drives me nuts. This drives me nuts. Okay, so shout out to. um,
1: Oh dear God! You're venturing so goddamn far from the. No, no. This is
0: an advertisement. This is an advertisement for the for the Strickland. Like, it drives me insane that Matt Miranda has like not whatever like a thousand followers on Twitter and is like this unknown whatever when he's like. Maybe one of the best basketball writers that exists, right? Like you read yeah. Matt Miranda's shit. It's fucking good shit. He's got like, yeah, so, yeah. he's got a point of view that's original. He brings like, he brings a point of view to the stories that no, he's, like you don't get elsewhere. And he's no, he, got he's shit to say, right? Like, and Wait. it's not tri- trite, tired analogies. It's not boring no. dribble. It's not, and it's not morally bankrupt. That's for sure. Um and it's funny and it's witty and sometimes it's depressing as fuck but it's it's good and it's real and it's hard hitting but he's unknown and then you have this like fucking asshole who doesn't know how to actually cane two words together um into a sentence uh and he's like some millionaire on the back of it um it drives me absolutely insane like I don't know anyways but to the question, I would dr- I would go crazy podcasting during the Isaiah Thomas era. Do not want to do that. Um, oh, it would
1: be we be would have a so terrible so...
0: person. I might have left the Knicks fandom. I don't know if I could have handled like all of that shit was just really bad. Um, I would have
1: had... this mailbag would have been so big, and we would have been so internet famous. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the fame. You would have been the um, the uh, uh, numa numa guy except of podcasts oh yeah like look i when i was when i had on the uh the other uh the other mailbag when i had them on doing questions i think one of the questions was just like who from the strickland would sell out and, and then all of us have to say they're like true
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i would be so fast to be like wait espn's paying me how much money I would, you would see me sell out so fast, especially for I like, mean, like Stephen A. Money or Phil We, Bill we also money.
0: have, we kind of have our answer, right? Like, James is getting paid by Ronnie 2K. So, I mean, I don't know. Kinda That's what I'm saying. Know, I don't know who's was a sellout. No. Um, okay. So, the <laughs> era, though, that I would want to is obviously the championship Clyde years. Like, it's, ob- yeah, it's obviously. Uh, yeah, uh, that'd it's be crazy. amazing. That would be so incredible to, to talk about those teams, um, watch the Knicks win a championship and, like, have a group of people to like podcast and talk about it with and
1: it'd be wonderful yeah oh god because like the only games i think you can get on youtube is like clyde's triple double for the for the championship win
0: yeah they're really hard
1: to find and it's such an incredible like it's an incredible game and like we would get to watch that every single (laughs) every single it it would be incredible
0: yeah it'd be amazing (laughs) We see him yeah, posting and toasting. Like that's, that's like that's the correct answer. Is is the Clyde era? Like it would be the best. The Willis Reed walkout game when he
1: comes back out on the court. That's quarter. all we would talk about. No, well, that was the, no wait. That's the Clyde Frazier triple double game.
0: That and uh, so
1: it's the same game.
0: Yeah, we we would talk about that, and we would talk about whopper, 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 whopper.
1: No, we're not at the edge yet. <laughs> G right. Baked asked, fast forward two and a half years. Tibbs contract is over. Knicks end up making the playoffs four out of five years, mostly middle <laughs> seeds, maybe a second-round playoff appearance. Is that a success? Where where would that put Tibbs in the pantheon of Knicks coaches? Is it a success? Technically.
0: Well, uh... No, so, like, success, to me, coaching success is defined by, like, a lot of people want to talk about wins. Um, it's, it's a pretty bad metric, I think. Coaching success has to be defined by how far, by, like, what you do with your potential. So, like, look, every, every team, you start off with a team, it has a set potential, right? Like, the, uh, you know, Emmanuel Mudiay led Knicks, right, had a cap. That was not. There's. You bring in fucking prime Phil Jackson, prime Popovich, prime, prime Bill Russell as player coach. Doesn't uh-huh. matter. Well, let's just say coach, not player. So
1: you're. So you're. Player would have made a difference. Uh, so the, the three coaches that came to the top of your head were Bill Jackson, Craig Popovich, and Bill Russell. Yeah, why not? I just wanted to make sure. I just. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that. That's, yeah, yeah. A, that's an interesting three interesting. coaches.
0: But so, like, let's – it doesn't matter who you have on that team, right? Which – who the coach is, that team is not winning more than, like, I mean, what? 40 games at, like, absolute insane max, everything goes right, luck, whatever, right? Um, with Emmanuel Moutier and, like, Mario Hazonia, whatever, and Kevin Knox, Frank-
1: and Frank Nellikino.
0: Yeah, like that team is just, it doesn't matter who your coach is, right? On the other hand, if you have, uh, you know, again, prime LeBron James on your team and like prime Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, uh, there's no way you're no. not winning a certain number of games, right? Like you just are going to win a certain number of games. Like, Are you saying team, Eric Spolscher is overrated? I'm not saying that. I didn't say that. Although I do think he is a little overrated um you heard it here for, first folks i
1: don't eric think spolstra, overrated
0: he's a very very good coach i don't think he's like i don't think
1: he's like the best coach in the nba already that's gonna be that's gonna be the quote on the podcast for the previews in itunes yes eric spolstra overrated take that uh juan carlos
0: <laughs> um occasional strickland uh miami heat contributor uh correspondent i should say um uh correspondent. Yeah, correspondent. He's our Miami Heat correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what am I trying to say? No, like, so, like, right, if you, have, if you have enough talent, you can't help but win. And if you have no talent, you're not going to win, no matter how good or bad a coach you are, right? Um, so what really matters is, like, do you maximize your talent? Do you put your players in a position to maximize the skills they have? And do you set them up for success? And there's what that means for different teams is different, right? It it depends on the team you have and the roster construction you have. Um, But that's how coaching success has to be measured and not in terms of wins and losses. Wins and losses is like the dumbest measurement of coaching success because while coaches do have some control over that, it's actually rather minuscule compared to the control players have, in my view. Um, And like maybe there's like a 10 game or something like that uh maybe 15 game difference that you might have between like the worst coach and like the best coach in the nba um in terms of like what your actual what you could actually uh uh accomplish um but what you have to be thinking about is like is the coach putting the players in the best position to succeed is are his strategies reasonable um and uh uh given the players he has and given the team construct yada 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 is he managing minutes in the right sort of way he's not like you know, working players to death to the point where they get injured, yada, yada. These are the sorts of things that you have to evaluate coaches on. Um, Yeah, so does Tibbs make the playoffs multiple times? Is that a success? That's just not how I would understand it or define it, right? Um, uh, It's going to depend on who's on the team. Like if he brings, if we bring in, somehow we get Devin Booker or something like that and we're a middling playoff seed, like, no, it's not a success, right? Um, At this point, being like a seventh seed... I think we're a little better than that probably. I don't think we're that much better, but maybe a little bit better. Um we're probably under underperforming a little bit. Um our our talent in my view. Um so is that a success? I don't know. That seems to me like a knock on him regardless of what the record is if you're underperforming your talent.
1: I more or less agree with you. My pushback is only going to be if you read the question as is. Oh god, right? 4 out of 5 years. You're making the playoffs. You get a second round thing. That's basically the Mike Woodson Hawks, and if the Mike Woodson Hawks happened to the Knicks, the general, the larger, you're gonna like this. The larger fan zeitgeist that is more or less not us, right? The larger thing, they're gonna cherish it like they cherished the mellow years. It's going no matter what we say. We'll disagree. It is. It would absolutely be considered a success, and Tibbs would be the second, like the second or third greatest coach. I'm not kidding. That's exactly what would happen. He's already getting. That's crazy.
0: how. It, that's what would happen. That doesn't mean that it's the right answer. Just because like Tommy. Tommy D gets really excited about making the playoffs as a six seed four times in a row uh, doesn't give doesn't move doesn't move me. My bowels
1: are motionless. Up, he not moved. Listen, he's a bad example because despite his following, he doesn't get any engagement. So, look, I'm just telling you, there are other people with larger. Yeah, tons of people
0: would say this shit, and it's that doesn't make it the right answer. The right answer is your. So, like Mark Jackson, if he stayed as the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, they would have underperformed their talent, but continued to win a shitload of games and possibly even won a championship. Would that have made him a good coach? No right? Like when you have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson, you're going to fucking win some games. That doesn't make you a good coach. Um, a good coach is defined by, like it's determined by whether or not you're exceeding your potential, right? Like an average coach should be getting like an av- like average results from the the quality of uh, talent they have, right? A bad coach is going to underperform their, their, qual- their talent, right? A good coach mm-hmm. is going to exceed, right? is going to um, find ways to exceed what you would expect from a team like that.
1: Uh, I don't know. That's that's my. Opinion. Are you ready for some potential Grizzly slander? Yes, always. Oh, so Mike Cook Seven said you- he shared us. He shared us. He goes. I think this is a question you guys can answer. I know it's not. It's related, but I just want to hear Grizzly slander. So, Mikey shared with us this post from RNBA, which is which was tagged serious. So we had to be serious. Oh, only. This is very serious. This is very serious stuff we're going to talk about. What makes Not for this... children under 13.
0: Parental <laughs> content advisory.
1: But A only rate... for this section. This is very serious. I mean, this episode could could very easily be rated X. <laughs> no, this whole episode, to this point we've been G. G-rated. Wait, is it X? No, what's the uh it's not X? NC17. 17?
0: Yeah, this is an NC17. No, podcast. No, we are g- this is G-rated. Come on.
1: Oh, this is this is family friendly. <laughs> family friendly content. The Strickland. That's what yep. we're looking for. Yes, definitely tune into Schwinn's Stricken Roll for some family friendly content. Absolutely. So, what makes this young Grizzlies team hated so much more than the previous grit and grind led Zebo? conley Mark Gasol, and tony allen grizzlies the zebo led team was pretty universally loved then it continues a lot of people are saying how this current gri- this current jaws grizzlies is hated because they are a small market young up in the human team but it but it was like that for zebo conley gasol and allen that original grit and grind team was pretty darn beloved by the league and fans he goes, "I remember Zebo often talks about himself, the best power forward in the game when he is contemporaries with Dirk and Duncan, KG, c Webb and then Tony Allen. That's uh yeah, so he, so there's a couple things wrong with like the ending so going to stop reading. No one thought Zebo was as good as those guys. No one.
0: No, but I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna say uh, Sacramento Kings are actually another good and good example of like an up and coming and became a great team from a small market oh that God. everybody loved. They thought, like, the Kings were fucking cool, right? Like, especially so, when they were battling the Lakers. But, yeah, the Grizzlies were f- really cool. I love those Grizzlies teams.
1: I love those Grizzlies teams, too. And I love
0: plotting sucky Zebo. Like, like,
1: there's... So, holy. they... There's so much more. So, when you look at these specific Grizzlies, right, you have a top three pick in John Moran. You have another top, I think another top three or top two pick, in Jaron Jackson Jr. Right, like you have top of the top talent already. Just like those are the like the foundational guys. The only high pick the Grizzlies had was Mike Conley. Like Zebo was pretty much an outcast. Right, he was cast away by both Portland and the Knicks. Mark Gasol well, was a- they
0: had they had Paul
1: Gasol before. And he was a high no, pick, right? But when I'm no, when I'm talk, we're talking about grit and grind, right?
0: But I mean, right, like, he, him the trade, the Paul Gasol trade led to the
1: eventually. Right, but Mark, actually. yeah, but Marcus All was a throw-in, like he yeah. was like an afterthought. He Tony was the forty eighth pick, forty eighth pick. Yeah, up, yeah, I don't think Tony Allen was drafted. I couldn't tell you, right? So like you have this cast of characters. No, he was a
0: first round twenty fifth pick.
1: Okay, so he's not a high draft pick. So he's like the Desmond Bain in a way, but Desmond Bain's a much better basketball player. But anyway, like, like that's what it is. They played a very distinct style of basketball and even the slow plotting stuff, but like they moved the ball. They played well. Like they were just- You know who Tony Allen would be in the modern NBA? Can I make a joke? Go ahead.
0: He would be short Andre Roberson. Yeah, for the, yeah,
1: no, he really would be though. That's who he would be. He would he would be garbage in the modern NBA. So like you have this team of honestly just like like outcasts who just played this bizarre style of basketball that that worked cuz it suited everyone's strength and it was yeah. F- really fun to watch cuz you just had like Zeebo plotting up taking mid-range shots. They would all go in. Marcus Gasol would just do random Gasol, you know, like Gasol shit. You're just like, he's awesome. Yeah. Mike Conley was. I love the Mike. Antith- so, did, so did I. He was the antithesis of a flashy point guard. He's still not flashy, right? Like you have that. Then you have, and then you have like this current incarnation of the Grizzlies where it's, you have these high guys who have a league force feeding jaw into our consciousness. And that rubs people the wrong way no one was promoting the Grizzlies, the great and grind Grizzlies. Like that was, it was not a thing. No, you they had some it. other
0: cool guys too. Like they had Rudy Gay, they had OJ Mayo. Uh, yeah. I liked, I liked OJ Mayo. Uh, I think they even had, I think they might've had. Um,
1: they had Tyree Kevins for a little bit too.
0: Right. Yeah. I think they had uh, end of career Tayshon Prince for a little bit too. Yeah. Like it was just.
1: Most fun. Bates, most Bates
0: played a few, a few uh, early years yes, there. I think. did.
1: And they were just fun. They just played. Like I said, it was just like bizarre. Like it's basketball. We probably, we definitely would have recognized now. And it was just like fun. They were, like I said, they were gritty. They just like grinded out games. They just, they were just fun in just a old nostalgic way. And these Grizzlies are just force fed internet culture type of stuff. And people are just like, no, but you, you yeah. made a great thing. Like the Kings also a small thing like they're so much more fun. Well, and the
0: Kings the Kings were like what the Grizzlies want to be. They don't no, about, like the cur- like the cur- yeah, the current Kings. No. The no, I'm talking about the Chris Webber Kings. No.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no, I get current
0: that. The Grizzlies want to be like those Kings. Those and Kings played with swag. They were yes. cool, right? Like Chris Webber was incredible um you had i mean it was just like it was an awesome fun team but they were also badass right like Mm -hmm. and that's what this grizzlies team wants to be but you can never it's like it's like giving yourself your own nickname right the current grizzlies are trying to give themselves their own nickname and you just that's not how you get a reputation that's not how you get that's not you can't be like oh my nickname is like the coolest kid on the block you're like yeah okay you're a loser uh, that's yeah. That, that's what that means, right? Um, that's and so so I think that's like that's the best way of putting it because like Memphis is a cool city too. Like people like Memphis. Um, mm, It's okay. It's all right. It's got some cool shit going on. They got some good food. There's some good people. I th- I mean I think Memphis is a kind of cool city.
1: Um, they have a pyramid.
0: They ha- there's a pyramid. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean there's some stuff going on. You know. Uh, but um. I don't think like people want to root against Memphis. It's just, yeah, this... this uh... No,
1: we want to root against Memphis. We don't want to root for them. Because like you you probably explained it. Best. Like they're just, they're trying to like make them. It's just like, no, you just... Yeah. You, you just got to do your own thing. So if you want a small market team, you probably would probably like to watch a lot more. Watch the current Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Like, if yeah. You, like The current Kings like, are fun. I've always like, liked small market teams too the the hornets the pelicans look it's it's not it's like the whole post just has it completely off like no the the grizzlies are they're both being force fed and doing the feeding themselves (laughs) and it's like just stop yeah right like if it comes naturally like that's just how it is it just comes naturally like jaws being forced down your throats and you know what he has some good highlight plays, but they're promoting his missed, you know, his missed dunks as highlights, and it's like that's much, not a highlight.
0: Much like sentient ducks who can feel. NBA consumers do not want to be foie gras.
1: What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't want to be force fed. That's the whole. That's the whole fucking. Oh, now I get it. Foie gras. That's the.
1: It's, listen, if you guys understood Dallas's reference, congratulations. And if you want to call me dumb. Go for it. All right, you ready for the next question?
0: Yeah, but shout out, shout out, Mikey, giving us an opportunity
1: to slander the Grizzlies. That's yeah. It's also like Dylan Brooks isn't a likable player. He's just a dirty player. He's not fun to watch. The only player I actually like from them is Desmond Bain. <laughs> That's who I like. Well, no, I like Stephen Adams. Like they actually have some good, like they have some good guys that I like.
0: I could and imagine they... in the right context liking jaron Jackson Jr. too. He's Like, I liked him when out of college.
1: I like the Grizzlies when John doesn't play. I enjoy watching them a lot more. that's just me. NYC critic, a.k.a. Jake Andrews, asks, If Cam didn't rhyme with fam, would Cam fam or blank fam even be a thing? No. Yes. Oh, you think it would still be a thing?
0: Yeah. Not only, like... All of these, like, high-level, like, prospect players who go to, like, pedigree programs, I feel like they get their, like, weird cult followings. Um, <laughs> and, like, you're just gonna have, like, you know, uh you bring in some... You bring in random dude X, and then you just get, like, fucking 50 new bandwagon, like, fans who come and join your whatever and just follow until until that person leaves, and then they go somewhere else. Like, the same thing happened. I mean, it's a little different kind of, obviously, caliber A former player, at least, but, like, Derek Rose has these God, and most annoying, awful stands, and I'm pretty confident that he's the sort of person who would have those stands independently of whether he was any good in the NBA. Um, just from his, the combination of, like, where he's, like, just where he's from being a Chicago guy... Um, playing in Chicago, and then like coming. Anyways, I just think like some of those fans would have followed Do him. Do
1: you think he likes it? I don't think he likes it. I don't know. I don't like Derek Rose at all as a person. I think he's bad. No, that's 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 totally fine. I'm just thinking about just him, like day to day. There's no way he likes that though.
0: Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what I uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't
1: know what Derek Rose likes or doesn't like. Um, I'm just saying. I just he just comes off as like as like please leave me alone. But, um, well, here's the, if Cam Reddish was named, uh, Glenn Griswold. <laughs> Glen Friends. Call?
0: Glenn Friends.
1: No. <laughs> Glenn I, I, Friends. I don't think it's, the, like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's the fact that Cam rhymes with fam adds adds to it. Because if he was... Grizz like, kids. What if he was named Doug McDermott? Um Doug Bugs. It's not catchy. It's not catching on. Like uh, it's it's part of it.
0: Yeah, no, I think that uh yeah, it's I don't know. I think he would probably have a little bit of a following anyway, no matter what his name was. But yeah, it definitely it definitely helped.
1: All right. We got uh three questions from Villadex right now. So, what will the Knicks record be at All-Star break? Do you think the Knicks will make a trade before the deadline? Would you advise tips to start IQ over Grimes?
0: Um, how I don't know how many more games we have till the break.
1: I'm going to look that up right now. So, but any other other question. So, like do you do you see a trade and the, the yeah. IQ stuff? So, I'll look up how many games are left.
0: Yeah. No, I don't see a trade. Um, This front office doesn't normally make those sorts of deadline trades outside of, like, Derek. we traded for Derek Rose, I think. Um, I guess we did the Cam thing last year. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if there is one, it'll be a a small trade. It's not going to be anything big, Um, I don't think. And then, no, I like IQ where he is. I think he's better than Grimes pretty clearly, but I just don't think... Like when he plays with the starters, he just gets put into the stand in the corner and um, do almost nothing role. And I just don't want to see IQ in that role. I think he should be um, his minutes. He should be frequently getting opportunities on the ball uh, and opportunities as an initiator. And if he plays with the starters, Tibbs isn't going to do that. And I think it's better for him to get those reps and those minutes. Uh, So I'd rather him stay in the role he's in. Um, and I think for Grimes, uh, it's probably good that he is in a role where he doesn't get those reps yet.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, no, I, I agree. I, I, there's, I think it just makes more sense balance wise to the rotation this way. It, it just works. I just don't, you don't have to play Brunson close to 40 minutes a game, right? Just like cut his minutes a little bit. You can give all three guards 30 minutes and you'll survive. So like, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Just do that, and I think it just balances the lineup. Um, Yeah, I don't – you know what? I'm going to go on a limb and say there will be an OG and an OB trade, and he will be a Nick. Ooh. All right. So the Knicks are 27-24. and There are nine games left before the All-Star break, and they are playing the Lakers, Heat, Clippers, Sixers, all at home and at orlando at philadelphia the jazz and the nets at home and then at atlanta so let's see so 27 and 24 and 9. they'll, pr- they'll probably be around 500 i think that would uh work i'm not i don't feel like doing the uh the math so that goes 3 and 6 i no that's not right uh 27 and yeah no that's right so if they go three and six and go 30 and 30 I can see that I can I can see them being around 500 that would place them in oh no now I gotta look at the standings and all this good stuff so if they were 500 I mean that's that's the eighth seed more or less I mean I can see that it's it's definitely possible I mean they They could also win. They could just go 500 out and still be around the same sort of win percentage with that. So, yeah. And, uh, Dallas, what do you think? What? What? I asked you a question, and that question was, what do you think the record would be?
0: Uh, I have no idea. I was peeing. I'm sorry, everybody. I was going. To oh, you
1: ruined you ruined the appeal. I was going to do an edit for this.
0: Oh, uh, how many?
1: Uh, what's going to be the edit? I was just going to say because I, I ended it with like Dallas. What do you think? And you just have to say a record.
0: Oh, uh, f- forty eight and
1: three. Perfect. That is Dallas's prediction on what the next record will be at All Star Break. Uh, that makes absolutely no sense. Dallas, but that's totally fine if that's how you want to answer that question. So be it. But we're going to move on to our next question from Zan Rosen. All-Star Brunson, will IQ be better than Brunson? If so, when?
0: Um, there's an argument that he's already better.
1: I don't. Uh, I I that's debatable. I don't think he's better right now.
0: Ah, uh, so here's the, here's the, um, I'm focusing on pouring, uh,
1: my, my new
0: beer. You
1: yeah. Gotta, I hope you guys, I hope you guys are picking up the audio. Uh, you got
0: to get that. Tell me that's not a perfect. Oh, that actually got to, uh.
1: No, that's not a perfect pour. No, that wasn't. No, it wasn't. I, it wasn't. I, you tried, you, you thought you were slick with it. And I weren't. know.
0: I've been pouring <laughs> brown ales tonight and. Now I'm pouring a Hefeweizen and the Hefeweizen just has a little bit more, a little more head. And I got, I got an inch and a half ahead instead of a half inch ahead. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's my partner in the back is, uh,
1: yeah, that's uh, that's great content right there.
0: <laughs> laughing at that joke. So, uh, yeah. of um, half inch head going forward here. What, uh, are we talking about quickly and Bronson? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I so Emmanuel quickly is clearly far and away better than um Brunson on defense. Okay, yes, okay, I would agree that, with that. That we agree with. Um, as a shot creator for yourself, um, Jalen Brunson is better right now, yes, okay um mm-hmm. although uh it is worth noting that as the season has gone on um they're uh, obviously their points per game are a little bit different but their roles are significantly different but their true shooting percentages are coming pretty close together at this point um they're they're starting to look very similar i think iq is better like if you put Emmanuel quickly in like the Tyrese Halliburton role like it was like his team and he sort of got to initiate everything I think people would be very surprised at what he ended up doing um I think he would be he would prove to be a better distributor than Jalen Brunson better at getting the rest of the Mm -hmm. team involved um but he would be worse in clutch situations and yeah, although uh, in fairness, Brunson hasn't been that good in clutch situations lately. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. But he'd be he'd be worse at getting his own shot in those sorts of situations, yes. um, by a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I think there's actually a case that Quickly's just better right now. Um, they're 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 close. They're close. But there's a there's I think a very clear case that Quickly's better. He's just not given the same opportunity. Um, but Quickly's clearly better on defense. He's, cl- I think, clearly better distributor, and he's clearly better as an off-ball player. Like, when Brunson's off the ball, he doesn't really offer too much value, um, but quickly does a bunch
1: of things. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You ready for some uh, some coach rankings? What's it, what do you mean, coach rankings? You'll find out. Franklin Chubb asks, rank the following coaches from best to least best and give your reasoning. I hope this, this is going to be like... Coach like across the air. it's be like George Carl, uh it's just like
0: <laughs> random fucking coaches from like Paul George Cyrus. Carl,
1: Paul, S- <laughs> and Rudy Tomdanovich. <laughs> Tom,
0: yeah. Rank them. Uh so it's
1: it's actually David Fisdale, oh, Jeff Hornacek, Derek oh, Fisher. Oh
0: <laughs> okay, so I when you said David Fisdale, I was like, there's no way there's gonna be anybody worse. I actually think Derek Fisher is the worst of all of them. I I I do agree. And fuck the X's and O stuff. Like, we can talk about that. But, like, you just can't be a good head coach and then be, like, fucking your players. Was it girlfriend or wife or what was it? I, uh, just I like, that's no just, idea. like, the, that's the, like, obviously that disqualifies you from being a good coach. Like, you're just done. You're not a good coach. So, yeah, so
1: it's, it's, it's between Jeff Hornacek and second it's, 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 it's obviously Jeff Hornacek. He was terrible.
0: Terrible. but Not a good coach at all um miss, yeah, mister would, he, encourage uh Tim hardaway jr to take seventy five mid range shots because the mid range the mid range isn't dead um yeah but
1: it's it wasn't even good mid range no shots. no they were terrible. terrible it's the worst it's the worst mid range shot you can take it's not a mid range off a of pick and roll where the big is dropping all the way down so you have an easy free throw shot no that's not that mid range, right? It's not the Jalen Brunson or Emmanuel quickly step in from the free throw line, take the floater in rhythm. All of those great shots to me. Uh, the the math also supports it too. Timmy to would like shots.
0: pump fake, come around a screen, put like one. Pump? He'd have his heel on the three point line and like what are you doing? Shoot a brick.
1: What are you doing? Like that's it's the worst thing. Yeah, Hornacek at least still had some semblance of in offense, and David Fisdale was, roll the ball. Uh, Figure it out, guys.
0: He, yeah, Fizdale tried shit. He just, he was, his problem was, like, he didn't realize he had, I mean, he had, yeah, he didn't realize he had such a young team. Like, he just didn't get, like, you can't come to a young team and be like, here are 3,000 concepts, let's execute them all from day one. When you have just, like, a team of, like, 15 guys, eight of which have never had pro minutes, and five of which aren't NBA players, and three of which are barely NBA players. Like that was the team he was faced with. And he's like, all right, we're gonna every single night we're gonna use four different defensive packages. We're gonna flow in and out of them. And also, we're gonna do 17 different concepts on offense. And also, Kevin Knox, I know you basically are uh a baby can't play deer basketball. and don't yeah you're a baby deer ha, and can't you don't have a handle yet and can't like,
1: play basketball we're
0: gonna try at you as point guard and we're gonna like just like he just had these ideas and sometimes it'd be great like sometimes like we would um be playing uh i'm trying to remember the particular game i think it was we were playing the trailblazers um and he was like He went to a trap heavy, a blitz heavy offense, but specifically, or excuse me, defense, but specifically when Dame had the ball or CJ had the ball. And I was like, all right, this is actually like really intuitive and smart. Like that, I mean, you know, not, don't let them shoot these pull up threes, force the ball out of their Mm -hmm. hands, make weaker role players beat you. Okay. I get, like, I get the under, I get what he's doing in his head, but like, you have Kevin Knox and, Like, you just have these, like, terrible players trying to execute this, um, and they don't even have basic defensive principles down in any scheme. You can't just be going in and out of schemes with guys like that. You have to start simple, get them to have a foundation, and then you build up from there. Um, And he just wanted to come in and go 100 miles an hour, and nobody was prepared to do that. And so it was even worse than you would expect it to be with a roster as bad as that was. And it, and it proved, right. Like that's how, that's what yeah. happened. We fired him. Mike Miller came in, simplified almost everything on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and the team got a lot better, especially defensively. Yeah. And shit got better. And he did a lot more intuitive things. Like he was having Julius Randall get downhill. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was Miller. I think Miller sh- deserves a head coaching gig or like a shot. Um, He's never he's never getting a shot. But I think he like he proved like you wanna talk about um uh you wanna talk about like
1: what do I want to talk about?
0: Coaches outperforming or underperforming their roster. Um
1: Yeah, Mike Mike Biller definitely overachieved with that roster. Yeah. Uh like here, let me I'm pulling up their um I know, we can all hear you typing.
0: I know. I'm pulling up their win percentages with that team.
1: So, let's see. Another segment of Dallas Reads the Internet. Yeah. Riveting, riveting re- podcast content. It's really good.
0: Okay, so in the same year, so David Fizzle had a 20% winning percentage with nice. the Knicks um, in 2000. Oh, sorry. No, even worse. In 2020, he had an 18% winning percentage. Um, Mm -hmm. Mike Miller came in with that same shitty team, had a 38.6% winning percentage.
1: Mm -hmm. I know it was
0: really impressive stuff. Yeah. That's a massive turnaround. So that's, I mean, I, I honestly think that's when you're talking about the differences between head coaches, that's about what you're looking at. Like those are, so over, um, Let's see what that actually amounts to uh, over the course of an 82-game
1: season. Now Dallas is doing math right now, guys. He's taking 30.38 times 82. That's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I I know. .38
0: times 82.
1: So that's the difference
0: between—that's actually a huge difference. That's the difference between 14.7 wins and 31, 31 wins. So there you go. you're talking about 16 wins, uh, close to 17, <laughs> 17 wins um, as the difference between like a Mike Miller and David Fisdale coach, head coach team. So like, this is when you talk about like, now, look, look, if you put David Fisdale, I mean, look, you put them, you put him on the Grizzlies, which were, you know, not a great team, but uh, they were a decent team. And with them, they, he had a 52% winning percentage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you can put you put him on like that LeBron Miami Heat team, the Heatles or whatever. Um, he's going to have a great as the head coach, not an assistant. He's going to have it's a great. He was already there, right? He's going to have a great record. Just is what's going to happen. But he'd still be a terrible coach, and they would almost certainly underperform their expectations and almost certainly underperform their potential. Um, but yeah, this is what this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about how do you actually evaluate coaches? Um, those midseason firings can actually give you really good evidence. Because you get to see uh, the differences, what what different coaches can get out of the same exact roster and the same exact circumstances. That's just, that's a massive turnaround. A 17 difference, 17 win difference um, with the exact same roster. Ra- that's, I mean, that's crazy.
1: Villain X. That's why,
0: that's why Mike Miller deserves a chance. Sorry, as a head coach.
1: Thank you for interrupting me. I have a very important question to ask you. This is from Villain X. <laughs> What improvements does Randall have to make to make first or second team All-NBA this season? And if not this season, what offseason development can thrust him into first or second team Uh, All-NBA strictly from a Knicks perspective are stuck with him and won't get another star? Wondering about the ceiling. So if the Knicks aren't getting another star, he's not making first or second team. Like, right? Like Randall's putting up he, there's little improvements he can make. I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't improvements he can make yeah. to his game. But if we're talking, he needs to become, like if he gets first or second team All-NBA, it's the Knicks have to win again, be a top four seed, right? Like that, it's it ultimately comes down to like winning in that case. Like he's already putting up, in, he's putting up better numbers than he did his All-NBA season, right? So like, It it, it comes down to winning. And if you're not going to improve, if the idea is like the roster isn't going to improve, you need RJ to take a leap. You need Grimes to take a leap. Mitch has to take, Mitch has to provide something on offense other than offensive rebounds. Like there's, there's things that is not Randall based that will thrust them. That's not saying he can't improve reading out of double teams or doing other things like that. It's, it's, it's all based on things that he ultimately can't control because he's already putting up insane numbers. He's putting up the numbers. They're they're already all NBA numbers.
0: Yeah, the problem is he has to beat out four different forwards. And you have Giannis and Tatum, who are locks to be above him. Yes. And then you have Kevin Durant, who's also a lock to be above him, just the way he's playing this year. So then you have, like, Luka, LeBron... Randall, I mean, and then just in terms of, like, name recognition, maybe even Zion, although he's not been healthy lately, so he probably has lost out by this point. But, like, it's going to be really tough, I think, for, um... If Luka is counted I don't know
1: what Luka will even be counted as. I think they count him as a guard.
0: If they count him as a guard, then maybe he has a chance. So he has to beat... He'd still have to beat out for either... He'd have to beat out LeBron. Um... And I don't see that happening, I guess.
1: Well, so also 13, I mean,
0: 13 NBA. I think all, all NBA is actually realistic for him.
1: Like if the Kings continue to keep playing well, then like he, he's competing with Sabonis mm-hmm. for that role. Like although Sabonis,
0: will he count as a
1: center? Oh, maybe that's a good point. But, um, like, yeah, it's, it's deep. It's, it's, it's tough and it'll, it all be comes down to the Knicks winning and, the only he could help the Knicks win. I, I guess, if his double team passing becomes better, right? But like, even then, I think that's more of like a a larger philosophical thing of the coach and the coaching staff being like, "No, players, you need to react to the double team. We're not going to help do anything. It's just go be intuitive," and that's a lot harder to do if you literally don't have like five like extremely high iq players on the court to do that like, it, it's it's really difficult to pull off so like even if you look for improvements there are things he can improve on but it's up to his teammates it's it's ultimately up to his teammates and if the team wins it's it, it's really that
0: i i do think though that he'll have a decent chance of being third team all NBA this year. Oh, he would have to, like, he to
1: compete with Siakam as well.
0: Siakam, for that, you're looking at... There's three guys, essentially, I think you're looking at, probably. Um, Siakam, uh, probably... Um, and I haven't paid that much attention to him this year, but I'm guessing Jimmy Butler is going to be in that mix. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have... Um, yeah, so Siakam...
1: Kawhi, Paul George. Yeah, Kawhi's is not going to be in that mix. He hasn't played enough games. And I also... I agree. huh? No, I agree. What I'm saying is, like, these are all the guys he's competing with in the immediate. Yeah. So it's ultimately, be- so ultimately for him to get up to first or second team, like, the Knicks need to, like, win. Yeah,
0: he's not going to be first or second team this year. I don't... There's no... I don't think there's a chance.
1: But he, would he have,
0: maybe third team in all NBA, there's a chance. Jimmy Butler's had a, actually a very good season now that I'm looking at it. Um,
1: no, he has. And, yeah, it's... I think it's just... Very very tough. I mean, you know who's also been very good, and I don't think he's counted a singer. Uh, center. Uh, Kristaps Porzingis.
0: Um. I yeah. That's. I think that's a. Because he plays the five there, right? Yeah, he's playing the five. I
1: I think they technically start Gafford at center.
0: I look, think Gafford I, comes off the bench.
1: I don't look. I I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I watched the. The, yeah, I don't the, know. The, <laughs> or maybe Gafford.
0: Yeah, Gafford, I'm pretty sure Gafford's coming off the bench.
1: I have no idea how they set things up, but like it's it's tough competition and the Knicks aren't winning enough. Like they would have to be a top four seed. Like they have like First or second team all NBA, probably, yeah. Yeah, like you, you have to win games. And there really isn't how, how much more what else could Randall do, <laughs> do, right? It's it's you're basically would ask him, like, well, he has to be Jokic. And it's like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> That's really hard to do. Yeah, yeah,
0: he's been. Uh, I mean, he's been really, really, really good. So, uh...
1: so speaking of making hard decisions on things that you do not have control over, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet. Five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. You can win two hundred dollars in free bets on only five dollars. That's right. What $5. a whopper of a deal! <laughs> I wish Burger King was paying us for all <laughs> this uh, promotion. <laughs> but uh, but wait, we, we can't interrupt this ad. This ad with a non with a non sponsored ad. Plus, <laughs> for a limited time. All new and existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. And it's time for us to discuss, you know, a same game parlay that we totally make on this app that we, because we are avid gamblers. Oh
0: yeah, for the... For tomorrow's game, I already have one. I've I've done.
1: Yeah, like I have a parlay that's going to have Randall at seven made threes. <laughs> the um,
0: I have you have the uh, Eagles
1: you- scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Do
0: you have the same as me? Do you have Sphi making the first shot of the game?
1: I do, and then I also have for the coin toss in the Super Bowl. It's going to be tails. <laughs> yeah, that's I have tails too. Good, yeah, like that. Parlay that I made, and if I don't get that right, I get a free bet.
0: I have LeBron getting to the free throw line for 35 free throws.
1: Oh, totally. Uh, Listen, after the NBA apologized, the NBA refs said, We are sorry, LeBron. We can't sleep at night for this call. (laughs) What? What?
0: Yeah, that's right. Scott Foster couldn't sleep that night.
1: That is erratic and insane behavior. Yeah. I. It, all right. I, again, we. Probably. To to the
0: probably. Moment. I. This is just. Probably. No,
1: what is, I'm interrupting you. We okay. need to finish the ad. The call to action: <laughs> download the app now and sign up with the code TBPN. New customers can bet five dollars on an NBA on on the NBA and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code tbpn minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply void in ohio that's pretty interesting <laughs> <laughs> see show notes for details
0: about why um, it's void in ohio
1: listen so if you have a gambling problem call 877-8 hope ny slash text hope ny which is four six seven three six nine um whatever your equivalent is can you whatever see
0: that e- it'll help people remember it
1: yeah, 800-588-2300 Empire today. <laughs> um, so call 877-8 Hope and Why. Um please if you have a gambling problem, please address it and do not go nuts on these sort of things. You don't so, want to
0: lose your sporting goods store to Tony Soprano.
1: No, you do not. So
0: Also, also th- Doug, what does uh what does TBPN stand for?
1: TBPN stands for Toilet Butts Per Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> toilet Butts Per Nuts. Yep.
0: So remember, TBPN for toilet all of your butt.
1: gambling parlay needs. Yes. So, yes. Uh, also, age and eligible. like, you got to be 21. I'm not advocating for you 16-year-olds to be betting. Yep.
0: No underage
1: I, gambling. And I definitely
0: get- no underage drinking.
1: I can't control what you do, <laughs> but you are not hearing it from us. Definitely, <laughs> it's going to happen.
0: definitely don't download Facebook if you're under 16. That's a big no-no. No underage do Facebook, not, No underage. Um, AIM usage. That's a big deal. Or MySpace. Look, you shouldn't have MySpace. But here,
1: here's another old reference. Do not download Metallica's music on Napster. They may sue you. <laughs> yes every every uh listener who's like under 20 is like what was that
0: (laughs) i feel like our our demographic we're slowly becoming the old heads like oh i know it's so sad i know we're slowly becoming yeah so i don't (laughs) know how many under under 20 year olds we have listening to our podcast
1: oh yeah so this is probably where the podcast is going to cut off and now become patreon only maybe i don't know (laughs) i don't know i have no idea how it's gonna be cut it's perfect
0: timing because i just got my second beer so it's about to get way better
1: it's gonna get way better um i have no control on how the episodes are cut for patreon i just produce the entire thing like it's one (laughs) one giant show so we'll see Will we get in trouble for doing an ad read of hour and thirty minutes into recording? Who knows? We'll we'll find out. So this is where we are going to get into At our podcast.
0: New... We have it our way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that that's is that Burger King? Or, is that McDonald's? No, that's Burger King. Oh BK, have it your way. Right, you're right. Come on, come on. Look look look, man. It's it's late. Beers in. I'm or... gonna start calling you Whopper Junior. Listen, there's that. You can call me Whopper Junior. I still haven't. I still haven't smoked enough. So <laughs> there's a lot going on right now. So we're gonna get to a new segment. A new segment is what does Jax ask? <laughs> 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 so I'm going to. How many? Before... Wait, how
0: many questions do we have from Jax?
1: One, two, three, four, five, six questions. (laughs) (laughs) So we're gonna answer all of Jack's questions to start the Patreon only mailbag because it's for the it's it's for the real listeners. Let's be honest. This this is this is what the real. This is this is the real. This is the good stuff right here. All right. So Jack's three six five brothers three minutes asked. In the last Dallas and Doug mailbag, Doug, you mentioned you have quite a quick wine based sauce <laughs> that Dallas ruined. It was just like he just dumps white red, white wine into it. Um, do you watch Adam Regesia or regese Uh, the man who puts wine in everything he cooks. Um, no, I have no idea who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> if so, I right feel now. like if you put wine in everything you cook, maybe you have a problem.
1: Yeah, like look, the wine sauce is just like you just cook down the wine a little bit and you put Parmesan cheese. Like it's a cheese sauce. Like who really gets like, just like, a cheese sauce? There are many things wine is good in,
0: but you don't want wine like they're just sometimes you want things that don't have wine in them. Yeah. Like I I if you cook French toast, maybe you wouldn't
1: add wine to your French toast, for example. No, but if you wanna have a nice uh, I actually can't even think of, like, if you want, like, a sauvignon blanc, and you want to cook the sausage in it a little bit, that's a good idea. Sure. Yeah. I actually don't know. I actually, eat, Dallas is like, how oh, dare you pair a sauvignon blanc. Yeah. <laughs> With sausage, you plead. The <laughs> so fennel would not balance the... <laughs> no. The, 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 the forward... Yeah, I have no idea. But, um, no, I have no idea what you're talking about, so... No. I'm definitely I'm also
0: just not a wine snob. Like I I go to wine country in Temecula and I drink
1: whatever's cheapest. And that's about the only time I drink wine. I go to Trader Joe's and I look at the labels that look the coolest that are under $10 or I just get Kirkland Signature wine. Mm.
0: My my partner's parents have memberships at like a winery in Temecula, so they, like, get, like, oh. a couple free glasses every every month or whatever as members. How fancy. So sometimes they're like, oh, we couldn't make it. So we're like, all right, we'll go get
1: some free wine. Absolutely. Free wine it is. Yeah. Our next question from Jax is, what reality TV show would you love for a Nick, past or present, to appear on? Actually, there's seven questions. I didn't answer that. So. Um,
0: I want to see them. Uh, let's see no you,
1: have to, no, you have to pick one Nick Yeah, in yeah. one
0: reality show. I want to see like. Oh, wait. Uh can I do two Nicks? Sure. Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin on Dancing with the Stars. And they are one. they're paired together. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah.
1: Does game shows count as reality TV? Uh oh. Oh, wait. <laughs> I want, well, yes. I, want go Mitch, ahead, go ahead. I want Mitch on I want Mitch on Hollywood Squares.
0: Ooh. Mitch on Hollywood <laughs> Squares, that'd be good. You know what I just you know what just occurred to me? Nathan for you is essentially reality TV. I want I want Nathan for you and I want Tibbs. I want <laughs> I want Nathan there's, to give a cool bit like a, a unique business tip. To Tibbs and try to convince Tibbs to adopt whatever it is. That's that's what I want.
1: If <laughs> there's, it would be a perfect Nathan for you episode because there is absolutely no way Tibbs is going to recognize what is going on. Not
2: a chance.
1: He's just going to be like, "Who is this guy? This isn't an expert." Like he would have no concept, no, nope. of it. And then Nathan would just feed into that even more. Oh, it, it would amazing. be Oh. Be really no, funny. I want... You know, I want... I want Mitch on, like, an old-timey game show, like Hollywood Squares. I think it would just be very funny.
0: I feel like... I feel like Mitch on, like, Big Brother or something would be fun, too. Just, like... Because you just yes. get, like, 24-7 Mitch being his, like, goofy, funny self. Or Mitch as The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, that's good, actually. <laughs> yeah, like... Mitch is just, he's just, do you remember, what was it called? Mitch's block party or whatever? He he (laughs) he doesn't do that anymore. But that was, was, he's just like a genuinely hysterical human being. Like he's just, he's just naturally really funny.
1: That was the best thing MSG Network has ever produced. (laughs) Yeah. And they don't do it anymore, which is upsetting because it was so unintentionally hysterical. It was good. It was really good. Yeah. Because it it, it was great. Because yeah, throw Mitch in anything. It's going to be good, but no, I like Obi at uh, IQ with Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Has anything angered you, like Ian Begley finding out the Empire State Building lighting up in Philadelphia Eagles colors? Okay, first of all, we need to I need to mer- note something. Jack spelled color, C O L O U R S for colors, and putting the U in color. Do not. Have your disgusting British spellings <laughs> show up on this podcast again with your unnecessary letters.
0: Get out of here. We're welcoming of everyone except the British.
1: Except for the British. And appetizer has a Z in it. Oh yeah, that was that was incredibly weird. I I, I can't. I can't with you Brits with your thing. But um I didn't know that uh Ian Bagley was furious about this, but um I don't think I don't care. Like, so he was at like the corner of some like wine
0: country in the corner at some wine country house and tweeting about it. Because that's where he does all his tweets and videos from. (laughs) Or like he's just like in his neighbor's yard. Like, do you think (laughs) recording a video in front of a shrubbery? I know that Ian listens
1: to this.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. He's one of our most devoted Patreon
1: supporters. He is. And you definitely know Ian is wearing sweatpants with his suit jacket and shirt. Shout out, the that's also,
0: his his writing is that way too. Shout out the the one sentence paragraph. I love and it, man. Ian Bagley and the one sentence. You Those, if you, when you take them away from the SNY formatting and you just like copy and paste it, it's hysterical. It is it's like, like lo- it's like my dad texts better, more eloquently. And my dad is like the dot, 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 old man type of texter like where there's like everything has like dot 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 after every like two words you don't have to talk about I, you know how there's like a yeah, special type there's like an age you get where you're just like I gotta put a bunch of periods in I guess break up I my do thoughts
1: I, I've become that
0: yeah that's essentially that's ex- instead of dot dot dots for Ian it's just like after any thought it has to be a new paragraph any it's like uh, and so the Knicks might think new paragraph maybe they'll new paragraph like,
1: oh god shout, out to, just... shout shout out the bagels we love them yeah i do he,
0: he should come on the strickland that'd be great i would i would hope for that to uh, happen <laughs>